Welcome to Charting the Course, a podcast from Full Sail Capital. We're a registered investment advisory firm committed to helping clients grow and manage generational wealth. We do this by focusing on integrity, competency, and transparency each and every day. No matter where you find yourself on the investing journey, our hope is that these conversations, stories, and interviews can empower and equip all investors with fresh insight and perspective on the capital markets. Thank you so much for joining us, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Well, it's great to be back coming off of the month of November, uh, which is just a, a huge giving month in the nonprofit world. So we thought there's no better way than to, you know, kind of bookend our nonprofit feature this year with the executive director of Wings, Ms. Sherry Weaver. So she joins me in studio today, as well as Candace Guy. And uh, Sherry, we just appreciate you taking the time out of your day to sit down with us. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. Your first podcast, you said. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. And you said you did video. So this is just a walk in the park. Absolutely. I listen to podcasts. And, and so, yeah, you're a pro. You're a pro. <laughs> Built for it. We really like to kind of start uh, a little bit of background on, on who you are, the who, what, the why of you, and then we'll get into that'll lead us into, I think, perfectly into now your role at Wings. But we've got to kind of back up and get some background on you and and who you are. So if you don't mind backing us up a little bit, give us some background on, on yourself and, and hit rewind because then I think it feeds into where you are today. Sure. I was born and raised in uh, Oklahoma. I'm Sooner born and Sooner bred. I loved school. I mean, school was the best job ever. I also loved my church. And so for those two things, I was really thankful that school seemed like fun. It, was, it wasn't about learning. It was just fun. Fun. And along the way, I was uh, building all of the skills. So I got my degree in elementary education. And from there, I became a teacher in the Oklahoma City Public Schools. I loved the public school system. Felt like I had ministry there, right there in my own, in my fifth grade class. How long, how long did you teach? Well, you're not supposed to ask that because <laughs> I feel like I was an expert. <laughs> I taught for three years. And I loved the inner city schools. Oh, I uh, Those children learn just like everyone. They might need um, some extra encouragement. And so I felt like I truly had a ministry teaching in um, the inner city, Oklahoma City schools. And then I got a call from Marty Grubbs. And he asked if I would talk to him and to he and his mother-in-law, Norma Townsend, about the, the need that Bellow Community Church had to hire a full-time ministry person for um, their children's ministry because it was growing. And I'm like, well, <laughs> sure, I'll talk to you. I wasn't a bit interested because I loved teaching. Yeah. And then six months later, they called me again. They, they kept trying, huh? <laughs> Persistence. They did. And I thought, well, maybe this time I should pay attention. So I bit the bullet. And knowing that I loved education, I loved my church experience, why not give it a try? Sure. I yeah. thought I could pair the two together really well. So I uh, made the move to Belle Isle Community Church. The church was growing really fast, which was a challenge to me to pivot, to rethink outside of the box, pivot mm -hmm. again, and teach as many children as possible and allow them to see Jesus through their leaders. And hopefully they would have a great experience and they would make their faith their own and have their families in church someday as well. Well, as a product of Miss Sherry's uh, children's ministry, I think I, I'm still turning out, but I think so far I've turned out okay. So <laughs> you will always be Miss Sherry to me for that reason, which is 
So funny. I see her at church, Candace, every Sunday. And I'm, I, hey, Miss Sherry. I love Always. that. I, I tell these aging young adults, you can drop the mess now. Nope. I can't. I can't. <laughs> it so. sticks, huh? Okay, I'm sorry. Go on. Okay, so Belle Isle and Crossings was a, a great challenge over the years. I met so many people and so many of the musicians on stage these days, they were ra- born and raised in the church, yep. and they are ministering as well. So that's been fun to watch. And actually, my husband and I are back teaching third grade girls. Are you really? We are. Oh, I love it. We love those girls. All right. So while I was in ministry, a friend, Jill Webb, asked me to come on a lunch tour at Wings, a special needs community. And I started thinking about our Uncle Stevie and how he was born with developmental disabilities. Stevie always wanted to work. He was the youngest of six children. He watched his adult siblings grow up, move out of the house, get a job, get married, buy Mm -hmm. their own home, watched him drive. Stevie was somewhat isolated at home with aging parents like in their 80s, a little bit tired of carpooling. Whenever I would see Stevie at our family get-togethers, he would say, Sherry, they let me work today. They let me work today. And here I was, a 20-something young woman trying to get out of working myself. And I thought, dang, you know what? I need to go back and get that degree that I started. I need to go out and finish that degree and use my passion. So when Wings asked me to apply for their opening for their executive director, I started praying. And I mean, at first I was like, not interested. (laughs) They asked again. (laughs) And I thought, maybe, why not take a chance? Wings asked you, you think about it, then you apply. Were you, I mean, you referenced your uncle Stevie, mm-hmm. cousin Stevie, uncle Stevie. Does, was that sitting in the back of your mind at that point of now I have an opportunity to go work with uh, this demographic of, of adults? Absolutely. Because of my background in education, and I saw special ed in my school from That's early true. childhood right. right, and through high school, through children's ministries. And then I, at church, they began a ministry for adults with special needs. So. Really, I've had a lot of experience, not Mm -hmm. just in the field of education, but also in ministry. And I thought, why wouldn't I? My husband and I never worried one day whether or not our daughter would grow up, drive, have friends, be independent, support herself. Why wouldn't I pour into this population to bring hope to their families today and the future families? I joined the staff in 2016, and here we are today. For those who don't know or aren't familiar, give us a quick high-level view of what Wings as an organization, what is it? what was it designed to do, maybe why, who started it? Give us a little background then, now on Wings, prior to you stepping in. Well, in 2002, several families had a like-minded burden. They started thinking post-high school. What will our young adult children do after high school? So they started traveling around the country looking for a model. In 2004, they formed a 501c3. 2009, they began a day program with about six young adults, new new high school graduates. They had a few different opportunities for art and culinary, uh, maybe a little health and fitness. Well, today we have 78 full-time members Mm -hmm. that come five days a week, and because of wings, Their lives are more rich. They have purpose through their life skill classes, through their volunteer opportunities. They have 22 different programs to choose from, and they plan their own schedule each trimester. Okay. Okay. 
because really, this is kind of educating me a little bit, really after high school for, you know, someone that does have this level of disability, there's not many options out there, correct? I mean, you have a few businesses now that will begin to uh, employ them or hire them. Um, but wings is really, is that kind of the gap where they're trying to fill or at least at the beginning? Cause I know, and we'll get into the future of where, you know, the vision of, of what still is out there just to tackle, but was that kind of the idea of, we just need something. What's that next step for all of these men and women? The members at wings have a lot of ability. They require a lot of oversight. They're vulnerable mm-hmm. and to be safe, they need to be watched over by a staff that loves them that can see all of their ability, that wants to make their lives more rich and meaningful, as well as our volunteers. We have over 80 volunteers every week that help our instructors. We have six instructors and those 80 volunteers that come every week, they pour in, they fill in the gaps to provide a safe and secure place for our members to come find purpose, to have a social life and to learn vocational skills. Now, will they work independently in the community? A few. Sure. Got it. It's amazing to hear about the volunteers because I'm sure staff can only go so far without the volunteers. I'm sure that really would leave a a large gap to not be able to have so many on a day-to-day basis come in and be able to participate in the number of programs you guys have. As a privately funded local nonprofit, it requires us to fill in the gaps with volunteers. Okay, so Wings Today, you you had six and they're referred to as members. You had six members back in 09. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. And then today over 60? Over 78. 70. So almost 80 full-time members. And I think now we kind of get into what Wings is today and then in the future. What's that next step or what what do you want to convey to the community of, of we can, there's still more that we can do and still more we can provide for these individuals so what, when you dream about wings in the next 10 years, and I hope this kind of tees you up for the future, for kind of vision casting here, but what, what is out there? What's the next step? What, what are you seeing? And, and are there others doing it around the country, I guess, that you can pull from? We have 41 individuals on our wait list. That's a huge burden to our staff, to our ah. volunteers, to our board of directors that we're telling a family about once a week, we oh. don't have room. Mm. The options out there are great. There are other great programs. There are shelter-based workshops where members of our same population, they can count screws. They can assemble hangers. They can clean air filters. They can shred paper. There are other organizations. And then they pay them sub-minimum wage. Okay. We Got choose it. to find volunteer opportunities for our members. Mm-hmm. We have 105 nonprofit partners where our members go every day if they choose to. Remember, they set their own schedule. So they pick. Right? And so they choose whether or not they want to go sack groceries to repackage baby diapers, to repackage formula, to make hygiene kits at other places. The vast opportunities our members have because of our nonprofit partners is outstanding. They're oh, getting more that. opportunity than we could get for right. vocational training. Right. And those are vocational skills that they are gaining at the other places. Plus they're giving back to the community. Wings is cross collaboration at its finest. We also have corporate partners that are giving back to us, like our members get to go to free golf lessons at Ball Golf every Monday. 
They get to have free tennis lessons through the Edmund Tennis Association. They get to go swim and have water aerobics every week at Mercy Hospital. They get to, you name it, I mean, corporate partners are pouring into our opportunities as well. It frees up energy in our building, and it gets our members out in the community. And their families aren't having to coordinate at Wings does. Oh, that's amazing. And y'all take them to and from their opportunities that they choose to do? Y'all we have? do. Okay. Transportation is one of the greatest barriers to coming to Wings. Okay. Our members don't drive. If their parents are young, they're trying to earn a living too and mm-hmm. can't carpool during the day. Right. Brittany and I were fortunate enough to be at the charity event. I can't remember which one it was earlier this year. Bubbles and one Bids. One of them. Bubbles and Bubbles Bids. and Bids. Brittany and I were fortunate enough to be at Bubbles and Bids, uh, which is one of your uh, charity fundraisers. And man, that was just such a blast. But at that, you really kind of teed up and provided the, those in attendance with the vision of what, what the future of Wings looks like. So you might give us a little sneak peek of what that is. And I know you're in the middle of trying to raise money. You've got land that's purchased or under contract at least. And, and so I know that, that that's there, but I want to give you a platform to explain what that future looks like and, and what kind of the needs are right now. As mentioned, we've grown to from six to 78 members in 12 years. We've grown from part-time program 16 hours a week to full-time program 32 hours a week where our members are socialized, they're engaged, they're learning vocational skills. Well, our mission is to enhance the lives of adults with developmental disabilities through social, vocational, and residential programs guided by principles of the Bible. Our founder's greatest burden, who will care for our adult children when we pass away? Yes, we were given 75 acres in 2019. We have a master site plan. We engaged with a local architect. We have a master site plan. It's a $40 million project. We did a feasibility study in early 2020 asking the community of major, major donors, what do you think Winks can pull off our first campaign? They told us to keep it under $20 million. So we launched phase one to allow us to grow up to 100 members and build that first residential home for Mm. eight people to live in with 24-7 house staff. Well, as we've been raising the capital that we need the last two years, we've outgrown phase one already. Okay. Mm-hmm. We have like 113 with our wait list, and it will only accommodate 100. Our campaign goal is $18 million for phase one. Okay. I went back to the board in August and said, look, we've had great momentum. We're at $17.4 million. Okay. We have 600000 more to raise. Yeah. We're not there yet. We've already outgrown it. Mm-hmm. Board, would you allow us to do a stretch goal to $20 million mm-hmm. so that we can build more space and double the occupancy in our program? They said, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> so we're at, we need $2.6 million more. To get to that stretch goal of twenty. To- to get, mm-hmm. That's so great. That's awesome. While it's hard work, it's bold work, it's courageous work, it's not for me. It's for our families today who need a great opportunity for their adult child. You know, when your children are thriving, the siblings thrive, the parents thrive, the nieces and nephew thrives. Mm-hmm. When there's an isolated adult with special needs at home getting more and more health problems, isolated depression, diabetes, all the health issues start 
setting in, that affects the entire family. So the mental illness in the family at Wings is better because they have a great opportunity. What have been some of the toughest maybe decisions or experiences from your time at Wings? And then maybe what have been some of the most rewarding decisions or events that that you and your board and your staff have been a part of as you look back on, on your time and even back a little further in Wings history? Well, after about six months of being on staff and getting to know the families, meeting new people that needed our program, new graduates that needed somewhere to grow, I was learning that families needed a full-time program. Mm -hmm. Part-time was hard on the carpooling, on their work schedule. They wanted their adult children to be socialized and learning all day, like their adult siblings, just at a a different level. So we made a plan to jump to a full-time program. That was really hard. To when did you guys decide to take on the full time? I can't remember. 2017, 2018. Somewhere in there. Okay. So, okay. okay. So still relatively new and y'all continue to add, I feel like, as you kind of gain more partnerships. partnerships more yeah, partners. You're able we have to. more opportunities for our members. So that was really hard to convince our staff that we were going to go jump from 16 hours of programming a week to 32 hours yeah. of mm-hmm. programming a week. So you double... The programming hours from part-time to full-time, you had to probably increase staff, replace staff at that point. Do you feel like now looking back, that was still the right decision? Absolutely. Obviously, 50% of our members are full-time. The older ones that are maybe nearing retirement, they can only last half a day. And so we have that option too. We have half day or full day and 50% come all day. So your youngest member would be probably 18. 18. And how old, how old is your oldest member right now? 63. 63. Oh my goodness. Yeah, what a range. Mm-hmm. 63. Yeah. You have to be great. adult and adult born with developmental disabilities. Okay. We are diversified. I mean, diversity is <laughs> a huge thing at Wings because our members are a diverse age group, mm-hmm. gender, Religious background, socioeconomic levels. All the above. Ethnic. I I can imagine. I know to fill a place like that, as far as the volunteer side goes, how old are your volunteers? What do you need to do in order to have that kind of opportunity if people are looking for ways to get back? I love that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. We depend on volunteers. Our members have a lot of nieces and nephews. When they come to Wings, they're looking to be with other adults. Mm-hmm. So you have to be at least 16 to volunteer at Wings. Okay. You can come volunteer at maybe our fall festival uh, when you're younger, as long as your parents are with you. But day program volunteers are our greatest need. Like I mentioned, you have to be 16 to apply. Our application is online at wingsok.org. Perfect. That's something that I think uh, people sign up for and, and probably get more out of it than the, the members do. Just that's what off, they tell us. And that's mm-hmm. every nonprofit, I think, when you volunteer and you give back. And But yeah, that's a that's great. So yeah, if you're out there looking for an opportunity, what better of an opportunity than to uh, go help Wings out? One of our volunteers leaves Wings every week feeling so pretty. When she gets home, she tells her husband, I was told 10 times today, I am just beautiful. <laughs> you haven't told me that in a long time. I think one thing I love about the Wings community and the members is the positivity. They're, you know, there's the joy. One of my dear family friends is well, I'm, Sarah. I won't say her last name, but Sarah, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, she's at all of our baseball games because her 
nephews uh, are around the same age as my boys, and uh, she is our biggest fan out there. And I'll get on to her if she's not cheering loud enough. So I said, if I can't hear you, Sarah, then I can't have my boys playing playing harder. So they don't have the same cares as you and I. No, their families do. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's great. I think one last thing on on the future of wings, as you guys are looking, I mean, the additional capabilities when you think about providing a full time living space for your members, what does that entail? I mean, you're going to have to have more staffing, I would assume, because you're going to have to have around the clock oversight. So uh, have there been some some issues there or some challenges there as far as I know you're not there yet, but as you look into that and hopefully we're hopefully we are at that point here in the next 12 to 18 months where you can start thinking about it. But what are those challenges look like? Absolutely. Well, this will be the largest and most critical piece of the WINGS mission is the residential care. As you mentioned, it will be independent living. Something else to take into consideration is to enter WINGS. You have to be ambulatory, feed yourself, toilet yourself, Got it. And get along with others. Mm-hmm. So our members enter physically healthy. They will age. Sure. And we will help them age in place. Okay. Our five-year performa through 2027 shows all the increased staffing that we will need as far as admin staff, okay. direct care staff. Mm-hmm. And yes, we will beef it up. Okay. Oh, I would think you have to, but The cool. residential community, though, will grow slowly. Think about turning the 100% care of your kindergartner over to right. not so, strangers, but just to the care of someone else. Yeah, that's it's going to be familial. very yeah. hard for parents to let go of their child, even though they know they, they've known for many, many years. Someday we will need to find full-time, full-time care, care yeah. so that the member can transition while mom and dad are still healthy and thriving. Right. The... Uh, the parents can transition and still have a life of their own. And it's a win-win for both parties to right. see that both parties are thriving and they can do this. Yeah. I hadn't thought about it that way. I mean, it's a big decision once they say, okay, this is what's best for them and best for us. But to come to that, I'm sure that will take time. And Well, and I think there's a family that told their story at that, at that charity event and I don't think many people realize or think about is you know that it's it is a challenge on the parents of one of your members, but it can also be a challenge for siblings when and and then the parents feel like well if something happens to me then then now their brother or sister are going to have to step up and take care of them. So it really does alleviate the goal is to alleviate that. And I hate to call it pressure because it's still your loved one, but alleviate that pressure of that responsibility when you know there's an option like a Wings residential community in the works. Well, as we wrap up here, we we love stories, Sherry, and and this has been great. You've been awesome to, to kind of help tell the story of Wings, but are there any stories that, that you have that really highlight an experience that had a deep impact on you or your staff or just a neat story about one of your members? Um, I mean, I think the the, the volunteer that gets told she's pretty every day, she's never going to stop volunteering. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. So that member, you really taught that member well because she's going to keep coming back. Mm-hmm. So any as we wrap, I just think stories are such a neat way to, to really help a listener in this setting feel the impact of wings. So as I think about stories, you know, people are falling into this stage of life, this transition every year. People are moving into our community 
every year they're moving from out of state. And it's a tough decision. It is a tough decision for 75% of our families thinking, this is my child's option. Yeah, yeah. So it takes some families a few tries. They will apply to attend wings. And when they move up that weight pool, when it's time to join, they might give up their space. Okay. They might get back on it six months later thinking, okay, we've it's time now. We've got to find a program. And it, we've had some families drop off the weight pool twice making the decision. So it's, it's a hard it. decision. Mm-hmm. It's not like the, the decisions most of us make. Well, your child, will my child go to OU or OSU. Right. And they can choose. Right. Yeah. It's totally different. Sure. Uh, moving your child from a safe high school program into an adult world is scary. Also, mm. I shared with you that our members are 18 to 63 years old. Yeah. That can seem really scary. The vulnerability of our people living with developmental disabilities like Down syndrome and autism is tremendous. And they trust everyone and will do whatever anyone asks. They don't mm. say no. Right. Yeah. Right. Like many of us. Well, I've recently witnessed a family with twins. They moved here from Colorado. Okay. Colorado, there were a lot of options. These young men are near 30. They had a lot of program options. They moved to Oklahoma. It's like, what is there? A friend of a friend invited them to a lunch tour. And so they applied and they've been in our program now a few years. But it was it's interesting to watch families that are used to having the state provides some good services, mm-hmm. and Oklahoma's not quite there. Then another family came for a tour, and in my elevator speech, at the end I say, so who do you know with developmental disabilities to try to get them to think about their loved one or their friend maybe right. fitting in our program someday? And this young dad of four children said, my son, he's at special care. I had no idea. Oh, wow. I invited him for the tour. Sure. Had right. no idea. He's not thinking about post-high school programming yet. Yeah. Another story is this family who knew four years ago Down syndrome was diagnosed. She was pregnant with their firstborn. So she faced the giant head on and started looking for opportunities and being an advocate when she was pregnant. Wow. Two years ago, she joined the Wings young professional board. She is an advocate. She comes and tells her story with me all the time to donors, and she is facing the giant head on so that her Willie will have an awesome program someday. And when she tells her story, she talks about the grieving began when I heard the diagnosis. Everyone, no one dreams of having a child with disabilities. Right. The grieving began, and she describes it as the grieving will probably never end for her because he does not have a typical life like all parents dream of. But she's going to see to it that he has the best life possible. That's an awesome story. Yeah. Then another family recently moved to Oklahoma from North Carolina. They have a daughter with developmental disabilities, a very rare syndrome. And so when they moved into their home, they started asking neighbors, okay, we've bought a home, we've moved in. Now we've got to find a program for our daughter so we can start living too. They have two typical neurotypical sons. So a few neighbors said, go try Wings. Go check out Wings. Well, here they came to a lunch tour and they apply. Kate 
moved up on the wait list, and she's been a member with us since January. She is such a sweet, awesome addition to the work we do. Well, at that charity gala, Bubbles and Bids, that you've been referring to, Tyler, this man came up to me and said, Sherry Fike Weaver. I'm like, dang, you're a blast from the past. (laughs) (laughs) It's Kate's dad. We were high school, high school classmates at Tulsa Edison. Oh, my gosh. No kidding. They moved around and around, and he said they're settling back here in Oklahoma City. That's incredible. So it's special to me to know that Kate's thriving from one of my old classmates. Oh, that's so neat. Well, Sherry, I appreciate the time. Uh, Thank you just as Oklahomans and residents in the city. Thank you for all you do for the city and for specifically your community of, of members. I sure enjoy seeing them out. I sit right behind them every, the faction that goes to crossings, I sit right behind them every Sunday. And it is a, it's absolutely a ministry. And I, I just appreciate all the work you do. So thank absolutely. you. Absolutely. Incredible it's rewarding. Work. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for highlighting us. Oh, I'm happy to do it. Candace, anything we left out or anything you want to add? I would say, I know she has referred to the lunch and the tour. I had the opportunity to go on a tour not long ago, and it is. It's incredible. You know, for those that haven't been able to get out there and do that, I would take that opportunity to reach out, schedule something, and go take a look at the facility yourself to kind of see that work in motion. It's a a really great program to check out. Yes, ma'am. One more thing. Miss Sherry? Absolutely. (laughs) Nonprofits, there's so many different models. First of all, we all serve a different burden. And then secondly, the funding can be pretty diversified or we're not, it's not a one size fits all. And I just wanted to make note that Wings is a privately funded local nonprofit. We depend on the generosity of corporate donors, individual donors, foundation grants, and monthly donors. Additionally, we have fundraiser events that spread our mission wide and broad and uh, it helps introduce Wings to people in the community. That's awesome. One thing that we have done in in the show notes, we provided a link to the Wings website where you can go on and get all the information you you need. If you have any specific questions, feel free to reach out to us and we can get you to the right place. I'm I'm sure we'd Sherry be more than happy to get connected. So if there's if there's anybody out there, business, local partnership opportunities, I think that's just as important too. So uh, let us know, Sherry. Thank you for the time. We appreciate it. And to our listeners. Hope everyone has a, is having a great, can't believe I'm saying this, a great beginning to your holiday season as we approach the end of the year. So uh, everybody have a great rest of the week and we'll be back with you uh, shortly with our last episode of 2023. So thanks again, Sherry. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's conversation, don't forget to review and subscribe to your preferred podcast platform. Have a great week. All opinions expressed by the host and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Full Sail Capital. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. Clients of Full Sail may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast.